Hey men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. Hello. And we've got a, uh, a special guest in studio with us today, our first guest of season two. He is oh. a former Division One punt snapper. Wow. Is Repeat that what? That again? I think that's the first time I've heard it described that way, but I think that's pretty <laughs> accurate. I'm going to try to Google that and see what comes up. Punt Don't. snapper. Long snapper. Anyways, and he is uh, our high school ministry director here at Compass Bible Church. His name is Evan Jacobson. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show, Evan. Well, they may not be listening to it in the morning, so... Way to go. What a date our podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you decide to like listen to this, I am speaking to you. Yes, all those descriptions in German. Sa. Sa. Evan, what does sa mean? Sa just means up. See, that's where I got it from. So that's the source right there. So if you want to blame anybody, we got Evan here. And Sa came from Evan that I gave to you that will go to your son one day. No, it won't. My son will not say Sa. Bet right there. I train my son to use syllables. He has to go to the high school ministry where Evan is. So mm-hmm. we'll see about that. <laughs> we will see about that. All right, guys. Well, hey, we are here. And uh, hey, last week, Kellen, um, we talked about the Cowboys oh, and the Rams. Come on. Why do we have to go back? And I believe, I believe it was said on the podcast this should be an easy win, which. It should have been, been an easy been. win. I don't change my comment at all. And but for a bogus pass interference call, offensive pass interference call late in the game, yeah, where Gallup, I mean, they were hand fighting the entire way down the field. There's no way that was a PI call. Not a chance. They could have won. But here's the thing, man, that, that uh, I think we need to have a little um, confrontation restoration moment on the uh, Quality Manhood podcast. And I know she listens to this, ah. <laughs> but dude, your wife jumped on the text messages and lit us up yesterday about that episode. Didn't she? I know it was uh, pretty disturbing. I didn't, I didn't understand where that was coming from. Uh, and we had to have a conversation about that. Did you, did you you guys have some, some, uh, heart to heart about that? You know what? I mean, I I had to let my emotions calm down first because you know, she, she went at us pretty hard. You sent an angry face emoji in response to what she said. I know I, I was a little angry, but then I, uh, I prayed about it, repented and, uh, took a better approach towards yeah. it, but I, yeah. Well, I here's let's let's here. I'm going to read it verbatim. So I'm going <laughs> to quote your wife on the podcast here. My wife, Chelsea Allen, called a manhood podcast. Yeah. Awesome, great podcast. I have a suggestion though, since no one knows when you record. If y'all are going to be making predictions about the Cowboys winning, maybe you should record those after they play. Did she say y'all in there? She did. So she threw in a Texas a, slang. She a good did. Word. I'm a Californian, and I say y'all. It's a great word. And then then she quotes, "Should be an easy win." Yeah, she's just thrown it back yeah. in our face. I think yeah. you just should say, if you're going to predict games, I say the Cowboys are going to lose by some random circumstance. Hey, okay, Evan, you're a guest on the show. Let's uh, let's he, let's he, be easy he here. He said something too, so I don't understand why he's here this week. Right. So anyway, well, welcome, but Evan. This, but hey. <laughs> all that to say, this is criticism that you and I received for making a I'm, godly prediction. But I'm tired of getting criticized over that. This, right. This particular topic, right. like it has to stop at some point. Exactly. And. Either people need to stop doing it or the Cowboys need, need to, to start something. winning, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But this, you'll notice I just didn't respond to any of this, right? Because my mama told me, <laughs> if you don't have nothing nice to say, what? Use an emoji. Don't, yeah, use an emoji. Use an emoji. <laughs> Angry face emoji. <laughs> but anyways, whether it's being criticized about, hey, did the Cowboys win or lose or not, we've all faced some criticism in our lives for something that we've done. Uh, and it can be... You know, good criticism, bad criticism, hard criticism. 
Evan, you played, like I said in the opening, uh, you played Division One football. So I'm sure you faced your fair share of criticism from uh, some of those coaches. Absolutely. Good criticism, criticism, terrible criticism, and it's a lot of funny stories. And uh, just give us give us one of those stories. Give us one of the, the most memorable moments of criticism in your career. There's one that sticks out, and it was, I want to say it was my freshman or sophomore year, and my coach, I was on the special teams as a long snapper. It's not a fish. Punt snapper. Punt snapper, <laughs> deep snapper. It's just a person that can snap really long. Um, and I remember I was sitting in the meeting room, the, the you know, the, we had practice film on the screen and I wasn't really performing very well to be, to be honest. And so my coach was, is criticizing me, which again was correct in the criticism, but the way he went about it, I was sitting there and he, I just saw his very angry face watching the screen as watching. I failed at my job and he yelled my name like Evan. I'm like, yep. He's like, stand up. So I stood up the whole team's you know, there, all 105 guys. And he says, Evan, stand up. You're fired. Sit down. I'm like, oh, wow, this is embarrassing. So he has my backup. And he says, Tim, stand up. So Tim stands up, my backup, and says, you're hired. Sit down. But then, unfortunately for Tim, is that we he put on Tim's turn on the practice field, and he failed dismally as well. So he said, Tim, stand up. You're fired. Sit down. Evan, stand up. You're hired. Again, sit down. And I'm, I'm just sitting there going, what is going on? This is the most bizarre circumstance. And yeah, it was embarrassing. The whole team was there. And even though he was, I did fail, it was the weirdest, kind of most embarrassing event of my college career. That, that would be hard to take. That, that would be really hard. hard to take. I don't think I've ever heard a coach use the terminology, you're fired. That's, I mean, well, I, I in get college it, football. but you're fired and then rehired that quick? I got rehired very quick. No, my that. resume spoke for myself. Wow. <laughs> so that criticism was, uh, was harsh, but not really helpful because it wasn't necessarily, hey, here's what you did wrong. Absolutely. I'm thinking here's how you could correct it. Yep. Uh, and that's the type of criticism that we're after and what we want to talk about a little bit today. Uh, Proverbs 27.6 talks about faithful are the wounds of a friend, uh, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And so what that tells me, men, is that we should surround ourselves with brothers in Christ who are going to be willing to have the hard conversations with us, willing to uh, give us the feedback, especially give us the sanctifying feedback, the negative feedback uh, about what's going on in our lives. And, and those are faithful, th- those wounds, because it's, it's not fun. It, it hurts to receive uh, criticism. But the, the writer of Proverbs, King Solomon, says those are faithful wounds, and those are the wounds of a friend, a friend who loves you, a friend who cares about you, that this is for your good. And so, uh, Kellen, talk to us a little bit. When we receive negative feedback, criticism of what we're doing, even if it's right, it's hard for us to receive that. Why is it so hard for us to take uh, negative feedback or criticism in our lives? Yeah, initially when we receive that, because, I mean, obviously all of us think we're doing things right. I think I, I do a lot of things right, but I'm probably wrong in that. And when you get called out, it's a shot at your ego and your pride because you feel like you're, you know, you're, you're heading down the right path and somebody tells you you need to do something different. Um, more often than not for the good, assuming the, the person has good intentions, uh, it, it hurts us because now we have to redirect. Now we have to change what we're doing. Now we have to say I was wrong at some point uh, in my life or what I, whatever I was going after. And it's a shot at our ego. Um, and it's, it's hard to do. And I don't think there's uh, ever a time that initially you're just like, yep, I, I agree with you and I was wrong, unless you just know you were wrong and you're being called out. But more often than not, it, it becomes hard because of the pride factor. And 
that is, you know, when we look at Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, that iron sharpens iron, that is a verse that sticks out to me is you think about that process of iron sharpening. It's, it's a lot of clashing. It's a lot of heat. It, it's not a pretty process, but the end result uh, refines, it sharpens. And the same thing in our lives is, especially when we have brothers in Christ that um, are there for us, they care about us and they're calling us out because they want us to be sanctified and more like Christ. It, it may cause conflict, and that's okay. And we shouldn't shy away from conflict, assuming the intentions are good there. Um, and we need to not be prideful and take a look at what they're saying, maybe not how they're saying it, if it's in a, a way like Evan's coach, but see if there's some truth in that. Right, right, right. And you're transitioning into, uh, you know, how should we respond to criticism? And uh, Evan, when you think about when somebody comes to give you feedback about what's going on in your life, your job, your ministry, your marriage, and they're there as a faithful friend, a brother. Um, talk about listening well when uh, when we receive negative feedback. Why is it important that we're not, you know, engaged in trying to formulate a response, but we're actually hearing what is being said? Well, I think the most important part is that I want to be sensitive to what God may be trying to teach me in the moment. As much as it hurts, I mean, this is a faithful friend wounds. Wound is not going to be a nice thing. It's going to hurt. When we love flattery, we like when people say good job, even when sometimes we don't do the best of job and we know it. But the, when someone's um, critiquing me or giving me feedback or, you know, as the Bible says, the word of God is here to correct and they're correcting me. I want to make sure I remind myself in the moment, as much as I want to make a comeback at them, or as the students would say, clap back. I want to make wow. sure I slow down. Yeah. So got to speak the lingo, high school term. got to speak the lingo, Kellen. <laughs> But I want to make sure I'm sensitive to see, like, all right, God, are they right? Even if it's an unbeliever, even if it's not done well perfectly, I have to ask myself, all right, God, are they right? Am I wrong? Am I incorrect? And God wants me to be more like him when he is good. And for a faithful brother, like you described, they want what's best for me. And so right. I need to make sure I submit to what God is trying to tell, tell me using them so that if there is sin in my life, I need to repent. If I'm going the wrong direction, I need to turn because it's for my benefit, because it's going to be making me more like our God who is good. Right. And the writer of Proverbs says, Solomon says in, in Proverbs 18, 13, he says, if one gives an answer before he hears, mm -hmm. it is his folly and his mm -hmm. shame. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot of times we're listening to somebody and we're like, oh, man, oh, they're talking about what I'm doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And so we we don't even hear them out. We're already formulating our response before they're done talking. Yeah, or we look at it as they called us out, and as soon as they say something, then we're automatically trying to pick out flaws in their life. Mm -hmm. right? Or well, let me tell you what you're doing wrong instead of, again, I think a good practice that we can have in these situations when they come up is take a few seconds and you know, even thank them, as hard as that is. Mm -hmm. Say, you know what, I appreciate that feedback. Uh, thank you for that. And if it takes some time for you to go from that situation, digest it, and then come back to it, then maybe that's the best solution. But that, yeah, that natural tendency is gonna be like, well, let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Or right. let me tell you, let me justify why I'm doing this, um, as opposed to just listening and you know taking those few seconds. Right, right, yeah. And sometimes we get somebody that's given us feedback, negative criticism, whatever it may be, and we're listening and we're tracking, and yet at the same time, it just isn't adding up for us. It's mm -hmm. it's confusing. So Evan, what should we do if if somebody's giving me you know negative feedback, if they're giving me criticism, and 
I don't necessarily understand what they're saying. Should I just be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, thanks. And then walk away and be like, well, I didn't understand it, so I don't have to change. Absolutely. Just brush it off. Just move it onto the rug. Never just think that's, it of it again. I that's mean, not that, what we're driving at. I think that's what Evan, I think the current culture says to do, right? Evan, you're fired. Okay. No. Kellen, you're hired. <laughs> Mid-show. All right. Bye. Um, No. No, what we need to do is if there's any questions that we may have, ask a question. Right. I mean, as... It's it's a simple thing, it, but it is difficult because in the moment, our as Kellen has pointed out, our pride is at stake. Our we're hurt. We want to say no, I'm I'm right, but we had to put that aside and see. All right, God, what are you telling me? And if there's any confusion, ask. Say, hey, I don't understand X, Y, and Z. What do you mean by this? Can you further explain what you what you see? Because maybe they do see something that you just don't understand what they're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. So ask those questions to clarify. Um, you know, yeah, Kellen said, thank the person. I think another huge part is we need to make the change, right? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not just enough that we would be confronted or have something pointed out in our lives that we do need to change, but then we need to go away and and start planning. Okay. How am I going to make the change? How am I going to adjust course? How am I going to do something better that I haven't been doing well to this point? And I think also looking at, well, not looking at the source. So I know oftentimes like, well, you know, that person doesn't know what they're talking about or they don't really know me or, you know, it could be your 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 child, uh, right, that calls something out and uh, it could be, you know, they don't intend it to be criticism, but it's something that you've been teaching them that they may call out uh, for you. And again, not thinking about who's it coming from or, you know, necessarily the tone of it, but how can how can God be using this to sanctify me or how do I need to pay attention to this? I know for me, uh, one thing that comes up a lot is as we're teaching our children um, God's word and just sh- ch- tell, telling them, excuse me, the importance of being able to share the gospel with people. Uh, there'll be times where we'll be out and my son will be like, Dad, did you share Christ with them? And I'm like, uh, um, well, and he's just like, well, did, did you share it? And I, I don't have an answer for that, right? right? I'm telling him the importance of sharing the gospel and how that's the most important message we can share with people. But yet, if I don't do it and he calls me out, then I try to look at it, oh, he's just a kid. But there's some truth in that. Right, right, yeah. What about those times when somebody comes to us with their criticism, their feedback, and we're sitting there going, okay, I'm hearing you, I understand you, I'm not really mad at you, but I just disagree. I don't think what you're saying is accurate to the situation. I don't think what you're saying is true. How should we respond to criticism when we get criticism from whether it's a boss or a friend or a coach or you know even a coworker, and we're sitting there going, you know, I, I just don't agree with what you're saying. What should we do in that? How should we respond in those situations? Yeah, you could. One way of doing it is if you don't agree, I th- still think there's that component of, of thanking them and appreciating that they share the feedback, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, that way, you don't close that door because we don't want somebody to feel like, oh, well, they just never listen. So I'm never going to say anything to them where there may be truth in the future. So, you know, acknowledging and thanking them and same thing, just taking those, uh, taking that time to really digest it and maybe go circle around with um, another brother in Christ or uh, somebody else that you trust and you can ask them their opinion on it. Uh, could be one just to validate is it something that you're missing or maybe maybe there's no truth to it but uh, we you just need to do some, take some extra steps as opposed to just brushing it off by yourself right Evan how about uh, when you've experienced situations like that what are some some good things for us to do I think one of the first things that we have to do is to stop drop and pray we have to pray to make sure to examine our hearts are right, God are they right even though I don't feel like they're right are they right? Maybe God shows us, okay, they're not correct. Maybe you are still justified, but then we want to pray for a humble heart. 
a gentle heart, a, a compassionate heart to, and like Helen said, thank the person for, that's a hard thing to do for a lot of people is to come up to the side and pull you aside and critique you. For some people, it might be easier, but just thank them for that. Um, but just to pray for a humble, a humble and compassionate heart towards them. Um, and then also, uh, you know, like what Kellen said, seeking out a brother, but an honest brother or sister in Christ, well, for men, brothers in Christ, uh, a person who will give you honest feedback, who's not afraid to critique you back and to say, hey, here's the situation. I disagree. Am I wrong? Right. And if they, if you, if you still feel like you are still justify what you're doing, um, in Romans, in Romans 12, it says live peaceably with all unbeliever and believer. So how can we figure and pray to ask God, how can I live peaceably with this person and still disagree? Right. I totally thought you were going to say stop, drop and roll. I'm like, where's he going with stop, this? But stop, drop. That was nice. That I was like clever. That. that was a clever little I play on that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Think though about, um, uh, the, both of, something both of you said, which is to seek counsel from others. And that's, that's biblical, right? I mean, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there's no guidance of people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Uh, something that's going to be involved in praying and seeking counsel from others is time and separation. So maybe it's that moment where you feel like, man, you know what? I don't know that I totally agree with this. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I disagree with the criticism here, but uh, you know, I'm going to remove myself from the situation, remove myself from the circumstance. I'm going to take some time away. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to seek counsel from others. And then, yeah, can we meet up again? Because I'd love to talk more about this. And it's that kind of reconvening where if after that, and you've talked to other people and you've prayed about it and you've sought counsel from others, if still at the end of the day, you disagree, I think it's fair in that conversation when you, you meet back up with that person to say, you know, I've just to let you know, I've, I've really prayed. I've examined myself in this. I've sought the counsel from others in this. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to, to care about my sanctification, my godliness, my holiness. But I just need to be honest with you. I, I don't, I don't see what you've you know, called me out on in this. And I, I appreciate you pointing it out because I want to be on guard against that, that moving forward. Um, but maybe there's been a miscommunication, misunderstanding. What prompted you to come with that criticism? What, what led you to see that in me? You know, kind of asking those clarifying questions at that point to try to get to the bottom of maybe it was a miscommunication, a misunderstanding, you know, maybe they saw something that, you know, you didn't realize that, that, uh, that you had done, uh, whatever it is, but just ask that, but it's okay to disagree with somebody as long as you disagree with somebody, um, in a loving and patient way. Yeah. And I think also asking the person, um, you know, what, what, what does good look like here? Like what, what would you like to see? And cause maybe their, their motive or maybe their outlook on whatever that is, is completely different. And so that's where you can also sort of clean that up of like, here's why, why I'm doing it. I get what your end goal was there, but here's mine. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that, you know, in, in corporate America, it comes up a lot. I know I dealt with it a lot of, you know, the, the end goal is slightly different because I'm doing it to glorify Christ, not necessarily to earn extra money or, you know, chase after titles. And so, uh, being able to establish what the end in mind is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about it? Just as we kind of bring this to a, a conclusion here, we've talked about criticism that we agree with criticism that uh, man, maybe we disagree with, but Hey, who knows? There could be some truth there. What if the criticism is just flat out unjust? And some of you men listening to this have faced that at work. Some of you have faced that in your marriages. Uh, with your family members, some of you have faced that with uh, coworkers or peers. What does that look like when 
the criticism against us, there's no question in our minds whether or not this is valid. This is completely invalid. Mm. This is unjust criticism. We are being told something that's just a flat out lie against us, a false accusation against us. What do we do in those moments? How do we respond to criticism in that way? You find the nearest table and you flip it. Kellen, Kellen, how do we respond to <laughs> I'm criticism? Kidding, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, make sure I get the truth out there. You've gotten fired like three times in one episode. Hey, I think that's a record. Um, well, yeah, we need to not revile in return. Like Christ did, he was unjustly accused at his trial before his death, and yet he did not revile and ret- uh, he didn't return the evil. Uh, throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, we cannot return evil for evil. We cannot dish back which has been dished back to us or dished to us. So we need to not do. It. If I was a, if I went back, if I had my same coach back in college, and I think at that time I was an unbeliever, I got saved my going into my junior year. But if I had that same coach now as a believer, um, I would not, as much as I would want to retaliate, I would not. One, because God commanded me not to. And two, he says, vengeance is mine. He will dish out justice in the end. And so the, another reason why I don't want to revile in return is because I want to win other people for Christ. Mm. When people see I do not Big. return and retaliate and how uh, if we have a humble approach and I tell them you know, the reason why I didn't do this is because the Holy Spirit that's in me because of my belief and trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, they're going to see that I'm different. The world wants to retaliate that. We're seeing this all over our culture. But if we do not return it and tell them why, we're sharing the gospel, we're living it out, and hopefully be able to win souls for Christ. Yeah, that's huge. Kellen, what about, how how should I respond? Okay, I'm not going to revile. I'm not going to say, you're stupid, get out of my face. I'm not going to do that, right? What do I say? I mean, let's say this is my wife who is giving me criticism. She's being harsh with me. Um, not my wife, because she doesn't do that. Just to clarify thanks that for, thanks publicly. For uh, but let's say for one of the guys out there that, that this is their wife that is just being harsh and critical, and it's just unjust. How does that brother respond to that criticism? Okay, we know he's not going to revile, but what does he do? How does he respond? I think going back to the the fundamentals, right? Being in prayer, being in the Word together, um, being able to understand sort of you know who we're called to be as husbands and, and wives and our roles, and uh, you might have a situation where your wife is not on the same page. Um, another another great suggestion is is counseling. Uh, we have you know especially here at Compass or wherever your local church is. Uh, a biblical counselor that can get you and your wife on the same page and and be able to point back to scripture but that's going to be the foundation and the way that you know God created marriage and he created marriage and he created the recipe for it to be successful although the world is going to tell us all different types of things that's why our divorce rate continues to rise higher and higher because you know we're going after what you know it, it seems right to us but it's not how God created marriage. And so, you know, going back to scripture, understanding what the roles of husbands and wives are, going to seek out biblical counseling from uh, a pastor or a counselor in your local church so that they can point you back to scripture and get husband and wife on the same page. But initially, um, yeah, before you even get to the counseling meeting, I think it's important that, um, yeah, going to prayer with your wife is going to be um, 
vitally important and it gets you back on the right foundation. Um, and even mid conversation or before you start to have those, that's going to you know bring you down as far as your emotions and, and try to figure out how we can point this relationship back to Christ. So um, I think that's going to be important for us to do in for any man that's going through that situation. Right, right. And some of you, you have wives that aren't Christians. And so, you know, you're probably not going to stop down and, and pray with them in that moment. Um, or maybe it's your boss, or maybe it's a coworker, and you're dealing with this criticism. You're going, this is not just, this is not true, this is not accurate. I think the one of the things that we've talked about in this podcast already is just striving for peace. I mean, Jesus says in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, yeah, Romans 12, as far as it's possible within your ability, live at peace with all men. Um, going back to Proverbs 18, which is so helpful in the way that we communicate with people. Proverbs 18, 6 says, a fool's lips walk into a fight and his mouth invites a beating. Uh, so just be conscious of the way that you respond in the moment. Sometimes in the heat of the battle, it's that quick, uh, you know, rifle prayer up to God really quick going, God, help me to keep my cool right now because I'm, I'm, I'm hard. It's, it's hard. I'm, I'm frustrated right now. Help me to respond with grace and in a way that's calm and in a way that's peaceful um, and control what you can control. Uh, do your best to present yourself as a, a man of integrity in whatever that situation is. And uh, if the criticism is unjust, you know, sometimes we just have to take it and move forward and say, okay, I'm going to demonstrate in the way that I conduct myself from here on out that that criticism was not just, that that criticism was not true. Um, I'm not going to get in a fight. I'm not going to revile. I'm not going to accuse. I'm just going to live my life the way that I have been and let my life speak for itself moving forward. Yeah, criticism. It's uh, not not something that's fun to take, but like the writer of Proverbs says in, in uh Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Man, if you're out there and you're going, I don't really have a whole lot of criticism in my life, I would say you need some new friends in your life. Mm. Uh, you got to get some some brothers in your life that care about you enough to um, pull you aside and say, brother, I love you, but uh, here's where I feel like you could grow more in Christ-likeness. Evan, thanks for joining us, man. We uh, appreciate your input on this, and you'll be back for our next episode too. That's right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we are uh, going to be praying for you men this week as you uh, maybe are, are facing criticism. Maybe you just face criticism, but I'm sure it's coming your way uh, because again, you tune into Quality Manhood for optimism, right? That's what we covered last week Absolutely. and this week. Optimism. That's what we're going to give you. So criticism's coming your way no matter what. It's going to be there uh, because we all need to grow in Christ-likeness. The question for you this week and what we will be praying for you is how are you going to respond to it? 